Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanksgiving. You see, we've got everything decked out for the holidays already. We've got the beautiful campus marshes with uh if I pulled if I pulled our pictures away, there's nobody there because you should still be practicing social distancing, especially through the holiday season, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um eat alone. <laughs> eat no, eat with your household. Keep your oh, household right. intact because everybody in the house already has COVID, but you don't go visit those family members. No. Um, please don't. All right, everybody, welcome to Red Wings Rant. Let me uh, pull up uh, pull up the old notes here. Uh, so, what, what are we at? Episode uh, 84, 84 of uh, Red Wings Rant. Is that right? Are we on 84? This is what the notes said for the last... Oh, shoot. Maybe that needs to be updated. Maybe it's 85. Uh, hosted by... Uh, Brothers of Discussion, and uh, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings now have a home. That's right. We are the most fun hockey podcast network. Not on, you know, on the network? Easily. Easily the most fun. But also, uh, most fun show that covers uh, your Detroit Red Wings. Um, it's been said once, if not twice. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to say three times because I'm sure you and I have probably agreed on it at some point that it's a pretty fun podcast. Uh, so don't don't let the old, uh, you know, uh, I got to make sure that I'm showing off everything like there's still fun to be had. And um, part of that's going to go into what I what I hope if anybody's watching live now that you'll watch uh, tomorrow, because unfortunately I could not upload our, our interview with the. Uh, great analytic mind of Prashant Dyer. Uh, so I got to throw that out there. We're gonna, I'm going to mention it at the end of the show again. Um, but tomorrow's episode, once it goes live on the uh, podcasting platforms and YouTube, Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, full, yeah, full. Uh, we went uh, pretty in depth with uh, Prashant Dyer, just talking about uh, timetable for um, the Detroit Red Wings and their ability to win. Uh, we play be the GM with. Uh, with Prashanth and um, you know, when you, when you have an analytic mind like Prashanth and you throw out that one of the options, Mike, on this week's be the GM was uh, call Ken Holland sobbing. Um, you know, sometimes you want to hear a chuckle from whoever you're interviewing. Sometimes you want to hear a, Haha, maybe even a courtesy chuckle. <laughs> Amazingly, when I presented that to, to Prashanth, he still like, 
calm, cool, and collected gave a really fantastic answer despite all of my efforts to make sure he didn't take it seriously. The the man did. So you guys are going to like the interview. Uh, I guarantee it. I'll, I'll do the old men's warehouse. Uh, you're going to like the what you're going to like what you're listening to. I guarantee it. Um, all right, Mike, we've got, uh, we've got more. Uh, oh, you updated, uh, you updated the beer for a Rochester mills game, but you called it a maple stour. I'm going to change that to a maple Ooh. stout. Yeah. Um, oh, man, now I screwed up the notes completely. Let me just keep uh, going back. All right, that's just going to screw me up. Uh, I'd rather it was spelled wrong. There it is. <laughs> uh, we've got the maple stout that's going to be going down today. Uh, we are going to talk reverse retro and a uh, possible winner that I found, uh, something that could be, uh, you know, you know, you know, Mike, when you put in an effort level of zero and you basically are just deleting red from a Red Wings jersey, uh, yeah, you get you get a pretty bad score on that. Um, but we, I, I think I found one that's pretty cool. Uh, we've got our Red Wings prospect update because there's nothing else to talk about. Uh, we are going to highlight, uh, Mike, I'm calling it Exhibit Double Z of the NHL versus the NBA. <laughs> and I'm calling it Double Z because there's a lot of evidence as to uh, how far behind the modern sports era the NHL is, and we just have another peek into that. Um, we have uh, this week's Be the GM, and Mike, again, you found me a Who's That Pokemon, despite there being no Red Wings news. So I'm very proud of you, and I'm, I'm excited uh, yes. <laughs> to play that game. And I'm glad, too. Uh, I mean, we still have all of our fun little uh, videos and whatnot. Uh, yes. where, where is that little video? Actually, I think it's gone. Oh, cool. uh, that's a good question. But yes, uh, you know, if uh, one of our favorite games here is Who's That Pokemon? And, uh, you know, if you were ever a fan of the cartoons, sometimes what would happen is uh, you'd get in a loop of uh, reruns. You you might miss episode eight in the season, and then uh, you tune in the next week and they've restarted. So you, you missed what happened. So Matt, much in the spirit of what would happen to me as a kid watching that cartoon, we're going to do a little bit of a rerun, and we're going to go back to 2019 for a Jeff Blaschel Who's That Pokemon. And, Matt, I like it. you're going to have a little fun guessing who this rascal is. Um, I, I think it, it might be a little bit easy. I, I, it might be a little bit easy, even going back here. But I, I think <laughs> we might figure this one out, um, and it's still an excuse for me to pretend to have a Paul Woods impression. Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. Started playing the like, dun, 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 dun. And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he shoot checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite thing. Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys 
in King's jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. But we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, but Matt, I did not make coffee this morning. Uh, but I did grab uh, this week's entry into our Rochester Mills beer tasting uh, extravaganza. I think we need to start the show because I'm ready to crack this one open and uh, get a little get a little wet in the old palate. How about that? I could not be more tired this morning, uh, so I'm excited to see how tired I can get. Uh, this <laughs> this is an energy beer. All right. Well, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Is, uh, uh, Mike, we, Michigan we are, Maple. We are excited uh, and proud to present uh, our, our beer tasting uh, segment here on Red Wings Rant, where we're going to be tasting Rochester Mills' 12 Days of Christmas beer package. Uh, we'll be tasting the beers uh, for flavor match uh, to the beer's name, drinkability, uh, the packaging, and then we'll have an overall score based off all those. And uh, we do confess we waited on uh, drinkability, like how... how how many of these do you think you could pound kind of thing? Uh, Rochester Mills is a Michigan brewery, famous in the state uh, for its 12 Days of Christmas box set. I mean, Mike, if you search this on Google, like I was trying to find this picture that's up on the screen now. Um, there, there's multiple articles from uh, like the, the Detroit News. The uh, aficionados. And, right. The bloggers. And, news, and, and newspapers. Uh, major news yeah. publications, we'll say. Uh, just covering what are the 12 beers going to be this year. So... Uh, Last week we did Mike the chocolate chip pancake stout, and this week we're going to be doing right and early, like you said, the Michigan maple. Let's just keep going with the breakfast uh, theme until we can make it back to our nighttime recordings. Uh, All right, Mike, I think you're drinking out of the can again. Uh, yes. So I don't know if maybe this uh, we don't have a con- you know control in the experiment. Matt has a glass. Is it a chilled glass or a yes. room temp glass? So it's a chilled glass that just sat next to my uh, heat plate for a minute, so it, it's less chilled. It wasn't on the heat plate, it was just next to it, but it's pretty hot. I've burned my goddamn hand on that heat plate, So, and the fact that it's a Mickey Mouse-themed heat what? plate... <laughs> Does it leave a little Mickey Mouse-shaped uh, branding on your hand? Yeah, yeah, it looks, yeah it's, like a, it's like a Home Alone... Uh, what was the... What was the family in Home Alone? It had the M on uh, poor Joe Pesci's hand. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, is anybody... Who's listening Kevin, right uh, now? Kevin Malone. McAllister. 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 Yeah, yes. McAllister's. Good call. Man. Thank you. I mean, we've uh, got the holiday theme going. It's time to start talking holiday movies. All right. Hey. Uh, first of all, folks, uh, last week uh, we did this. Look, uh, now, that that's a natural head there. That, that didn't take too vigorous of a pour and i do like i do like i do like that on my uh on my stouts well Ooh. i like i like to drink them let's see oh how this gosh that is mapley mike this smells like uh one of those maple candies um obviously you're gonna get chocolate from uh from your stout 
So I mean like Russell Stover's or um what's the other box of, of chocolates? Uh Godiva, Ghirardelli? No. Um Dove? Nope. I put those in a bowl. Put the little <laughs> foil doves it's, in a bowl. It's the yellow box. I, I Oh Whitman's. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So he, the yellow box did it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he start with yellow box chocolates? Um, oh my god, that is exactly it. That is exact because it comes back around. It's the uh, the chocolatey goodness of every stout with this maple. This tastes exactly like one of those maple candies out of the Ruffle Stovers or Whitman's box. Holy crap! This thing. Oh my god! Just like la- last week, we just tasted pure chocolate out of the chocolate chip pancake stout. This this week, it is seriously just a chocolate covered maple nougat candy. Oh my god! I, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is astounding. I don't know if I have a drinking problem, but I could finish this beer. It's like nine thirty in the morning. No, I, uh, I um, think uh, this is getting another high grade on the the drinkability mm-hmm. scale. Um, um, I, I gotta, we gotta pull up, right? We gotta pull up uh, what we did last week, just yeah, to kind of give us something, going here. something <laughs> to, to uh, I guess measure it on so last week with the chocolate chip pancake stout the drinkability i gave an 8.5 mike you gave it a 10 sounds like you've got another 10 up your sleeve and i told you not to give last week a 10 because now you have nowhere to go and you're more excited about this one than you were about last week i mm, I don't well it's just it's so smooth you know i i I had to double check the uh, alcohol content on here because usually you know you get a beer that you know it's, it's a little bit um uh, higher content percentage. Oh no! Ah, oh, crap! It'll well, knock you I'm out. Done. What happened? Did you spill I it? Just, nope. I just mixed in my mead from when we recorded on Thursday because I don't clean up my office. God damn it! I can't believe I did that. You my mixed can, in your mead? My can is right here, along with my mead can, and I just topped it off with my old mead. All right. Well, that sucks. Well, at least you realized it, and then uh, you didn't uh, bomb your scores. You know, something about the aftertaste. Oh. Of the tip. You know what? When you let it sit out for about a minute. It's it like really- a, tastes like an old bag of hornets. What the hell happened here? <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, let's uh, try to try to remember right. those flavors uh, from a second I ago. Know. I, I've still got some left over. This is what I was oh, going to top it off with. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly... Um, Here's the problem. The drinkability, what comes into play here, is if I had to pick between chocolate chip pancakes and just straight up maple syrup, I'd go with chocolate chip pancakes. So I'm, I'm going to give this, uh, this is going to get, it's it's very drinkable, but I don't think I could take this flavor for that long. So I, I'm going to give it a 7.9. Yeah, you know, I'm also, uh, I, I'm going to do a free plug for Cinnamon in Flint. Um, I'm going to be enjoying one of their delicious, uh, flavored cinnamon rolls here shortly. And I'm just trying to say, I don't know if I would drink this with food. You know what I mean? Like the chalky chip pancakes one. I could, I I could see myself even having a burger and fries with that or breakfast. Um, but this one, it it kind of feels like it should be on an Island. It should just be on a mapley Island. Um, I don't know if I would have it with pancakes. It's just something that I would want by itself. So I think I'm going to, I'm not going to score it as high for drinkability. Uh, give me uh give me an 8.1. How about that? 
I like it. Yeah, it seems like you like it just a little bit more than I do. Yeah. Now, matching the flavor, I, again, I am just astounded that this tastes exactly like a maple chocolate candy out of a Whitman's box. So, I, I mean, last week it was, I, I gave... <laughs> I gave the chocolate chip pancakes out of five. It was very chocolatey, but not very pancakey. Um, this definitely isn't a 10 because it, it's not just maple. It tastes like a maple chocolate candy. So uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go seven, five on this. Mm. Well, I think the smell is very seductive. Like you get a, a real uh, whiff of, uh, yep. you know, those, those old maple trees leaking sap. In a, in a good way. You know, you get the sugary sap. And then Very, you get it all uh, over your fingers. And then you try to drive home and it's on the steering wheel and you forgot. Does that yeah. ever happen to you? You get maple syrup on your steering wheel? <laughs> uh, so, uh, give me a bit of a, you know, a day ruiner there. Because uh, you can't clean that up with paper towel. Because then it just looks like you got tired and feathered. Um, I Matching the flavor, I'm going to, you can tell it's mapley, you know. Is it Michigan maple though? Oh, <laughs> I feel like they're just playing with me. So I think to think that they're trying to patronize me and that I wouldn't have tried this flavor with just just maple up top, I'm gonna knock it down a peg. Give me a six point five. All right, I like it. Now the can, Mike. Last week we had a beautiful picture of chocolate chip pancakes. This week we've got a slab of maple wood with oh, some that's wood. I with thought some... that was a I thought that was a cross section of a brownie. <laughs> that would have been better um mike i mean what, what last week i mean it had that beautiful picture and i gave it a 10 you gave it a 10 mike this is a piece of wood trying to describe beer uh not not good here uh rochester mills i i wouldn't have selected a, a slab if you guys could see that like you could see the bottom uh why can't i do um, this you could see the bottom of of the cut of wood it's just uh like a small cylinder there this yeah. is, Mike, this is getting a three for me. This is Oh. <laughs> what? I'm actually I'm actually going in the other direction. See, I, I thought it was a slab of brownie. And then I'm reading the uh flavor ingredients and it says cocoa nibs. So then I saw the brownie picture and then I could kind of taste cocoa nibs just because of that cross section. Um I'm actually going to let me give it a nine. It's an unintentional, one of those lucky mistakes, you know. <laughs> Would you say six point five on the matching the flavor yeah all right so <clears throat> i think overall this is not meeting uh the mark on uh on what we had last week with our uh pancakes out but uh it's it's not terrible i think i think if uh if rochester mills is watching this then they should be happy with the 7.9 and the 8.1 uh i i am doing the calculation right now <laughs> it should be a lot easier uh, but the overall for me, Mike, is coming in at 6.84. Mm. Uh, again, like we do rate the can and matching the flavor, but a lot of it, well, I'm going to weight the drinkability. Um, so yours is yours is definitely going to come in a lot higher. Um, yeah. 6.4 for me. And then Mike has a 7.96. Hey. That's... I have a seven point eight seven. Oh really? Oh, I waited it. I waited the uh, drinkability three times. Three times? Yeah. Oh wow. Why? I mean, it doesn't affect it that much. I mean, they're still pretty close. You said seven point eight, and I had uh, yeah, 
Uh, so to keep it consistent though with last week's score, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least say so. <clears throat> eight eight point one for me last week on the chocolate chip pancake stout. Mike, you had eight point eight, and then this week for the maple stout, six point eight four, and Mike, you had seven point nine six. I I think uh, I think that's pretty reasonable. I think Rochester Mills could be pretty happy with that. Um, it's uh, two weeks in a row. They're above average, kind of. No, wait, that's still. That would be failing. I don't know. How no, do you it's, do- I'd say it's really good. Like if we were to throw like a Bud Light Lime in there, um, I, I you know, drinkability. Yeah. Just, you know, it's a fluid. So I guess it gets at least a one. Uh, <laughs> matching the flavor uh, does taste like a Bud Light and a lime, probably a 10. <laughs> that's what they're going for. Uh, the can, a zero. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's probably the score. <laughs> that's right on right on pace, I think. Right. Absolutely. All right, Mike. Okay. Um, let's talk some hockey. I think uh, I think everybody's waited long enough. They waited twenty minutes for us to get to hockey. Oh, wow. um, really? Yeah, that took Jesus. a long time. Yeah, last All week right. we got that done a lot quicker. All right, Mike. Right. Uh, let's go into the Red Wings prospect update. Uh, I, I stole this from the man that we are. Uh, we'll have an interview with uh, Prashant Dyer. This was on his Twitter account. Uh, if you guys can can see this i i thought this was great because this was his response to how, how are you liking uh, the the prospect development for the detroit red wings and what you can see on here is uh uh the five on five Corsi against uh per 60 and you just you you can measure this in a few different ways um or to get these results but this this is what we're looking at here and as simple as you can get it on uh the top Right box means you're playing good offense and good defense from a puck possession um, uh, standpoint. We'll just say that. Now, <laughs> Moritz Sider, uh, I don't know if you've, if you've heard these discussions, Mike, but Moritz Sider is just like breaking new records in regards to Corsi uh, while he's been playing in the SHL. So everybody's pretty much on board. Once he can play, uh, once he's allowed to play with the Red Wings, he he's going to be a full time. I mean, he he looks ready to go. Uh, this this is something where he he's even in playing in the SHL, where it is adults playing adults. He looks like a man amongst boys. I mean, he's really using the body. He's controlling the puck, as you can see, and it's resulting in good offense, good defense. He had that point streak going that we were talking about a week ago. So you can't. I mean, there, there's no point, uh, there's no spot where there's a good argument because there is uh, production. There's actual results that you can look at as well as the advanced analytics that say <clears throat> there should be results. So it's just uh, overall, Moritz Sider, it, it just, he's ready to go. I don't know how else to break it down, uh, but we get to be happy and excited. Um, <clears throat> now you move down the list here. Um Lucas Raymond on there. And the one thing I'd want to talk about too, Mike, is did you get a chance to see uh, Lucas Raymond uh, lighten it up? I have seen many of the highlights, but the newest one, was it the uh, uh, takeaway and the assist? Yeah, let's uh, let's see if let's I can pull it up. This up. Yeah. Uh, what I don't want to have happen is me share this. And like when we share AEW stuff, uh, they block us and send us cease and desist. So uh, let's see what happens. Uh, this is from Here's Your Replay. We did not. <clears throat> no. Uh, also, Here's Your Replay. Put this on Twitter. Let's remember, Here's Your Replay is also just screen grabbing. So I hope he. I hope Here's Your Replay doesn't block us or something because, again, it's just a screen grab. This isn't his content. Uh, but here's here's Luke 
Um, I mean, this this was so fantastic to watch, and I, I love this replay because there are so many different angles of this, and uh, it's always hard to catch. Uh, Jan Mersak, who's also a Detroit Red Wing draft pick, hey. uh, who, who we talked about when uh, when we were doing our um, our uh, what did we do redrafts a few uh, weeks back, but. Yeah, I mean, this is all about elusiveness. This is about him knowing his size. Like, think about hockey smarts from a perspective of, all right, can Lucas Raymond go where Jan Mersek is? No, he's a little guy. So, so he's using his skills to make this play work. And uh, is it actually up? Okay, cool. It is. Yeah, it's working. <laughs> yeah, it's working. Um, so th- this is just something I'm going to stop sharing it just so we don't get in trouble from uh, the SHL. Uh, but that right there shows you what like without him having the size of uh of an adult that says he's ready for the nhl and to see it play out successfully in the shl yeah. i mean uh you, well we also can make about, this guy bigger but he's already making it work with the size that he's at but go ahead yeah. Mark, sorry no I was just, you, absolutely no i was just gonna um on the coattails of that one because we talked about what this draft was it was like you know stutzela uh quentin byfield and Lafreniere, I shouldn't have opened up with Stutzla. I should have made that number three um, to really add some pop to that uh, pronunciation. Um, but we talked about it was like three man-sized hockey players, and then everybody else, uh, yeah, varying skills. And the reason they're not in the top three is because of their, you know, shape. Um, but yeah, exactly what you're saying. Um, to see Lucas, uh, you know, embracing his uh, not being Lafreniere sized and uh, still being able to contribute. Uh, you know, it's inspiring. It's uh, it's nice to see highlights like that. Um, it makes it feel like you know we made the right choice, um, I, I even think- though it is it is such a, a small potato. And I think we're really reaching for our hockey highlights because you know we, I mean, we yeah, still want to get this guy in the NHL and <laughs> hopefully get him in one of those sexy new white and gray Red Wing retro jerseys. Uh, but this this is a this is a fine little little sampling, I guess. Well, yeah, that's that's a good transition. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, like you would want to throw out there, it's been a topic of conversation is how long do you wait for Lucas Raymond? Are you going to give him two years to build up that body to do some strength training? Or um, I, And I think what this shows, I, I think the better conversation, rather than us just gushing about what a great play it is, is that this is definitely something that pushes you in that, all right, this this doesn't need to be something where we're giving him two years to develop. This could be the second he's ready. He can, he can pop over. And yeah. uh, even in Steve Eiserman's most recent uh, interview on, on uh, Sportsnet, I believe it was uh, see Sportsnet or TSN. It's one of those Canadian ones. Who cares? Um, <laughs> he, he mentioned like, maybe this will be an end of the season experiment uh, for Lucas Raymond where he'll, he'll get an opportunity, uh, but not really a full season thing. But you like to hear that from Steve where he sees enough already where it's that the decision is, is he just going to be available so I can play him at the end of the season rather than are we waiting one or two years before he gets full-time experience? So it, it's overall, this play is is more or less progressing that story in that direction rather yeah. than it just being like, Oh my gosh, he's amazing. No, it's, it just means that we have more evidence uh, to say that he could, he could be coming around sooner rather than later. Uh, no, the, other, like, the other thing too, is we've had some yeah. first round picks where it seems like we're still kind of, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin in the '98 Rumble, just kind of, you know, checking your okay, watch. And Stone Cold Steve. Are Austin. they? Uh, are they? Uh, any, anything uh, going on with those guys? And uh, you're like, well, they're. You know, it's not about the goals and the assists. It's not about the plus minus. You know, he had a, 
he really helped us ice the team, uh, you know, minor leagues. So it's just kind of nice that it feels like another, like of Steve's uh, early draft picks uh, is hitting. So it, it's just another piece of evidence that this guy knows what he's doing. So. Right, and if we pulled if we pulled this up again, you're starting. You you need to start building a team, and you got to figure we have maybe two or three pieces already in the system. Um, maybe three or four that that can work with everything else. So uh, what? Moritz Cider. You've got Lucas Raymond. You, you're just checking off a couple of boxes. You look at something like Don Lachizan is putting together these formulas for how to build a championship team. And you need elite talent on defense and in your your top six. So, or, or you need multiple elite talents apparently from Tom Lachizan, or or at least you need the seasons to line up. So you kind of look at Mantha Larkin, Lucas Raymond. Those guys can play on different lines, and they have that potential to be the elite talent. And you don't need them to hit a hundred points. What you need is is something that is puck control, that is um, production, that. With, with the minutes coming down, could they jump up to the first line and have those 100 points? But it, it, it's, it, it's a pretty crazy formula that Dom uh, Lachizan put together, but I, I highly yeah. recommend taking a look at it. But when you look at the Red Wings lineup right now and you're trying to piece together a couple more drafts, some more free agent periods, uh, Bergeron coming through and leading you know one of the top producers in the SHL and being one of those surprise, surprise draft picks, that's where you start to go, holy crap, there's – something here that we can we can latch on to like something nobody latched on to this past week was the reverse retro of course it came out on monday after we released uh, last week's episode Um, and this will be good for the podcast because i don't i don't have a picture of it but i do have a picture of something that i think i'd like to replace it with and uh mike i mean it's such a bummer because everybody was looking forward to this we got some amazing jerseys i i gotta say anything with red and what's funny is that there's so little red in the red wing jersey but anything with red really played well in my book you got columbus blue jackets the st louis blues i a lot of people hate those i love them i gotta say though like anytime there's any minor tweak to the red wing jersey uh people just lose their minds and you know, this is an original six, so this is not how I remember it. Uh, so I don't, I don't think when they put out these retros, there was really um, a lot of a lot of room for a victory. Um, right. You know, and with the, with that said, the design they presented us is not something I would ever invest in. Um, but I just, if you're gonna go retro and barely make it a Red Wing jersey, I would almost just like mighty ducks it and just have like a big red chicken on the front just just some weird cartoonish you know like mr chicken's house of hockey or something you know like a big red you know rooster out there with a hockey stick and he's not even wearing skates he's just kind of flipping flopping on his bird you know claws but i i don't know i would have went really over the top and just you know like 70s cartoon it something like that I, I wouldn't have done this subtle gray that everyone hates and nobody's gonna buy i would have just done something insane just a big red bird well here's here's what i saw and this is what i liked and this is uh somebody i've shared before on uh on our podcast but this is uh uh lucas dykeman i think uh but yeah you guys can see at ld concepts this this is what i liked about it because you uh you and i didn't really get a chance to talk too much about what we wanted from the reverse retros but i said go to the detroit falcons the only thing that could be interesting here is if they mixed in the detroit falcons yellow 
this is this does that. So you can see the Detroit Falcons in the background there. I would have mixed in a little bit more yellow into the logo and probably matched the font because this is kind of and and uh, Lucas, I, I love your work. I want everybody to go check them out, but uh, got to be open to critiques here. Uh, <laughs> that the, the this really is just that that pull from um, uh, uh, when we played the Maple Leafs at the Big House. That's that's that same logo and and font. I, I would move yeah. it into being the Detroit Falcons, Detroit, and then maybe mixing some yellow into the the logo. Like that's taking a huge risk. That's taking the Mighty Ducks risk. Um, and I think it's just for fun, right? Like this is just something. Like why why go the maybe the lack of length uh, to not have fun. And uh, this, this would have been fun. This would have been something I would have been on board with. And I, yeah. I'd probably be pre-ordering because it's so crazy. I also yeah. like Mike, you can go to town. If you take this to little Caesars arena, go to town on your hot dog, man, catch your mustard all over. And if you start to spill it, nobody's going to notice. It's an extra <laughs> bonus that nobody's taking into consideration here. Something that I think more when when t-shirts are made or anything like uh you know now we have mike we have our t-shirts that make sure it blocks the yellow stains that are going to come from our pits oh yeah let's make sure we're blocking something that people wear to a hockey game and make sure it's okay with ketchup and mustard stains that's all i ask that's uh yeah real quick side note um you know how they make like tweed jackets and then they'll put like the elbows yeah I wish that we could invent a like start a trend where there's less like a yellow patch under your white t-shirts, so I could bring a lot of mine out of retirement. Um, I haven't had the heart to throw them away, but uh, yeah, there are yellow stains under there. So. Maybe go with a, a white patch. I feel like the yellow patch is gonna. <laughs> You're just it's the same problem. You're still gonna no yellow's gonna in. Yellow's you. in now, so we're all gonna sweat out our shirts. Uh, by the way, there is a new deodorant that's supposed to help with that. Uh, I still have to buy a new white T-shirt and try it out formally, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I think the moral of this story is with retro jerseys, the more risk, the merrier. Um, I miss the Sharks with the big old shark taking a chunk out of the stick. Um, we already mentioned the Mighty Ducks. Um, I, I always like the Islanders one with the old uh, guy who sold fish sticks, uh, Captain Gordon, when he was on the front with his floppy hat, uh, chasing away seabirds. Uh, those were all my favorites. <laughs> So I wish that the Red Wings could do something a little more risque. Um, I mean, and New York Islanders fans are right there with you because they're pretty bummed that the Islanders just turned in the same exact jersey and said, hey, it's a little bit darker blue. Have yeah. fun. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you're not you're not taking my money on this uh, on this one. Sorry, retro uh, program. Uh, but man, you know who is getting our money? Back? You know, ah, damn it. I fed you that one. There you go. Like the fish stick. The fresh fish stick out of the fryer. There you go. No, I mean, we were talking about deodorant stains on our shirt, but Mike, if you want to stain your nuts and berries, or your twig and berries, uh, your nuts and berries, that's just... Stain them? (laughs) Here we go. Oh, wait, deodorize them. That's right. Yeah, there you go. You want to stain them? If you want to stain your nutsack, Mike... (laughs) Watch out for the Um, bloody buzzsaw. That is... (laughs) Uh, oh, of course, we're, we're bringing up uh, all the wonderful products you can get from Manscaped, including the Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, Mike, we've been talking about it all summer. Now we've been talking about it all fall. And as I watch the snowfall, I know we're going to be talking about it in the winter. This is a third generation cutting edge technology from Manscaped. This thing gets so close to the skin. You don't have you can just twirl that thing around like a baton. You can go to town and not think 
twice about it. I'm telling you, no nicks or cuts. It, it's really doing the great job uh, that that Manscaped promises that, uh, Mike, you and I are now used to. Um, it's that 7,000 RPM motor. You've got the battery that's going to last up to 90 minutes. You've got the LED light that's going to shine where the sun don't shine. You need to be able to see down there to make sure everything's going right. And you've got that beautiful charging stand. Uh, and nobody's coming over now, uh, but you get to look at that charging stand every day. Uh, <laughs> so uh, with all that, you can have 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code THPN. That is in reference to the Hockey Podcast Network. That's promo code THPN at manscaped.com so that you can deodorize your balls. You can cut those little hairs as close as, as possible. You can keep them high and tight, Mike. Uh, <laughs> it's manscaped.com promo code THPN. Check it out. We love it. Uh, and uh, we, we, uh, what, what is it? Um, it's uh, your, your ball, your balls will thank you. There it is. Sorry about yep. that. That's uh, all right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, we have the NHL versus NBA exhibit, as I called it uh, before exhibit yep. double Z in reference to how many pieces of evidence there are that the NHL is far behind uh, the uh, the NBA in regards to um, modernizing the sport. And I, I this is the evidence we brought up, right? Um, here's Alexi Lafreniere. First overall, I mean, this guy is, is has been touted for the last couple of years. Um, he's getting uh, his deal is uh he's a max entry-level contract worth 11.3 million with with bonuses uh only uh 517 and a half thousand is guaranteed uh and then mike compare that to the minnesota timberwolves who selected anthony edwards first overall he'll sign a max can you help me again mike what's the rsc oh uh rookie scale contract worth 44.2 million of which 20 million is guaranteed Think about yeah. that. The the guaranteed part, that's that's for, just take the guaranteed part. Let's just discuss that. That's 40 times. 40 times is what an NBA player. Now, uh, sure, the NHL teams are bigger than an NBA team, but not that much bigger. Not not enough to say <laughs> one of the best, you know, what, what's considered one of the best prospects to be drafted uh in the NHL in Alexi Lafreniere in a, in a while, arguably. All right, anybody who's getting their uh, pants yeah, he's a generational superstar. Yeah, generational. Right. Uh, I guess uh, with this one, uh, it's it's just it's a perfect um, like counterexample because Lafreniere is widely regarded, like you said, to be a generational top prospect. Um, where you know the Red Wings literally got uh, they earned seven points in the win standings last year to try and get this guy, uh, and then. Uh, <laughs> To look at Anthony Edwards, Matt, who this is one of the uh, lowest graded drafts for the NBA ever, uh, where nobody nobody knew the value of anybody. There wasn't any, you know, Zion Williamson. There wasn't a LeBron in it. There was a bunch of guys that you're like, eh, you know, one through nine are kind of the same guy. Hopefully one of them pans out. Um, and to see, you know, roughly 40 times more money you're going to make. Um I will say that it's tougher because, like you said, the, the hockey roster is much larger compared to an NBA roster, which is only, you know, like 12 guys in hockey are getting like, you know, 20, 20 ish uh, between, you know, guys bouncing back and forth between the minors. Um, 
But I'd say the other other piece of this that kind of bums me out. Hey everybody! Uh, happy th- happy early Thanksgiving! You can see we've got everything decked out for the holidays already. We've got the beautiful Campus Martius with. Uh, if I pulled if I pulled our pictures away, there's nobody there because you should still be practicing social distancing, especially through the holiday season, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um, eat alone. <laughs> eat, eat no, eat with your household. Keep your oh, household right. intact because everybody in the house already has COVID. But you don't go visit those family members. No. Um, please don't. All right, everybody, welcome to Red Wings Rant. Let me uh, pull up. Uh, pull up the old notes here uh so what, what are we at episode uh a a4 a4 of uh, red wings rant is that right are we on 84 this is what the notes said for the last oh shoot maybe that needs to be updated maybe it's 85 uh hosted by uh brothers of discussion and uh brought to you by the hockey podcast network where tirades and a passion please about your detroit red wings now have a home that's right we are the most fun hockey podcast network no no you know on the network Easily, easily the most fun, but also uh, most fun show that covers uh, your Detroit Red Wings. Um, it's been said once, if not twice. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say three times because I'm sure you and I have probably agreed on it at some point that it's a pretty fun podcast. Uh, so don't don't let the old, uh, you know, uh, I got to make sure that I'm showing off everything. Like, there's still fun to be had. And um Part of that's going to go into what I what I hope if anybody's watching live now that you'll watch uh, tomorrow because unfortunately I could not upload our, our interview with the uh, great analytic mind of Prashant Dyer. Uh, so I got to throw that out there. We're gonna, I'm going to mention it at the end of the show again. Um, but tomorrow's episode, once it goes live on the uh, podcasting platforms and YouTube, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, full, yeah, full, uh, we went, uh, pretty in depth with, uh, Prashant Dyer just talking about, uh, timetable for, um, the Detroit Red Wings and their ability to win. Uh, we play be the GM with, uh, with Prashant and, um, you know, when you, when you have an analytic mind like Prashant and you throw out that one of the options, Mike, on this week's be the GM was, uh, call Ken Holland sobbing. Um, you know, sometimes you want to hear a chuckle. From whoever you're interviewing, sometimes you want to hear a haha, maybe even a courtesy chuckle. <laughs> Amazingly, when I presented that to, to Prashant, he still, like, calm, cool, and collected, gave a really fantastic answer, despite all of my efforts to make sure he didn't take it seriously. The the man did. So you guys are going to like the interview. Uh I guarantee it. I'll, I'll do the old men's warehouse. Uh, you're gonna like the what? You're gonna like what you're listening to. I guarantee it. Um, all right, Mike. We've got uh, we've got more. Uh, oh, you updated uh, you updated the beer for a Rochester Mills game, but you called it a maple stour. I'm gonna change that to a maple Ooh. stout. Yeah. Um, oh man, now I screwed up the notes completely. Let me just. Uh, going back all right that's just gonna screw me up uh, i'd rather it was spelled wrong there it is 
Uh, we've got the maple stout that's going to be going down today. Uh, we are going to talk reverse retro and a uh, possible winner that I found. Uh, something that could be, uh, you know, you know, you know, Mike, when you put in an effort level of zero and you basically are just deleting red from a Red Wings jersey, uh, yeah, you get you get a pretty bad score on that. Um, but we, I, I think I found one that's pretty cool. Uh, we've got our Red Wings prospect update because there's nothing else to talk about. Uh, we are going to highlight, uh, Mike, I'm calling it Exhibit Double Z of the NHL versus the NBA. <laughs> I'm calling it Double Z because there's a lot of evidence as to uh, how far behind the modern sports era the NHL is. And we just have another peek into that. Um, we have uh, this week's Be the GM. And Mike, again, you found me a Who's That Pokemon, despite there being no Red Wings news. So I'm very proud of you. And I'm, I'm excited uh, yes. <laughs> to play that game. And I'm glad, too. Uh, I mean, we still have all of our fun little uh, videos and whatnot. Uh, yes. where, where is that little video? Actually, I think it's gone. Oh, cool. uh, that's a good question. But yes, uh, you know, if uh, one of our favorite games here is Who's That Pokemon? And, uh, you know, if you were ever a fan of the cartoons, sometimes what would happen is uh, you'd get in a loop of uh, reruns. You you might miss episode eight in the season, and then uh, you tune in the next week, and they've restarted. So you, you missed what happened. So Matt, much in the spirit of what would happen to me as a kid watching that cartoon, we're going to do a little bit of a rerun, and we're going to go back to 2019 for a Jeff Blaschel Who's That Pokemon. And, Matt, I like it. you're going to have a little fun guessing who this rascal is. Uh, I think it, it might be a little bit easy. I, I, it might be a little bit easy even going back <laughs> here, but I, I think we might figure this one out, um, and it's still an excuse for me to pretend to have a Paul Woods impression. Hey, hockey fans, I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. And he's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. started playing the like, dun, 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 And I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my favorite Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 right. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. <gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, but Matt, I did not make coffee this morning, uh, but I did grab uh, this week's entry into our Rochester Mills beer tasting uh, extravaganza. I think we need to start the show because I'm ready to crack this one open and uh, get a little get a little wet in the old palate. How about that? 
I could not be more tired this morning, uh, so I'm excited to see how tired I can get. Uh, this <laughs> this is uh, an energy beer. All right. Well, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, uh, Mike, we, Michigan we are, Maple. We are excited uh, and proud to present uh, our, our beer tasting uh, segment here on Red Wings Rant, where we're going to be tasting Rochester Mills 12 Days of Christmas Beer Package. Uh, we'll be tasting the beers uh, for flavor match uh, to the beer's name, drinkability, uh, the packaging, and then we'll have an overall score based off all those. And uh, we do confess we waited on uh, drinkability, like how how, how many of these do you think you could pound kind of thing. Uh, Rochester Mills is a Michigan brewery, famous in the state uh, for its 12 Days of Christmas box set. I mean, Mike, if you search this on Google, like I was trying to find this picture that's up on the screen now. Um, there, there's multiple articles from, uh, like the, the Detroit news, uh, the aficionados, and, right. the bloggers and, news, the and, and newspapers, uh, major news yeah. publications, we'll say, yeah. uh, just covering what are the 12 beers going to be this year. So, uh, last week we did Mike, the chocolate chip pancake stout. And this week we're going to be doing right and early, like you said, the Michigan maple. Let's just keep going with the breakfast uh, theme until we can make it back to our nighttime recordings. Uh, all right mike i think you're drinking out of the can again uh yes so i don't know if maybe this uh we don't have a you know control in the experiment matt has a glass is it a chilled glass or a room temp glass so it's a chilled glass that just sat next to my uh heat plate for a minute so it's less chilled it wasn't on the heat plate it was just next to it but it's pretty hot I've burned my goddamn hand on that heat plate. So, and the fact that it's a Mickey Mouse themed heat what? plate. <laughs> Does it leave a little Mickey Mouse shaped uh, branding on your hand? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's like a, it's like a Home Alone. Uh, what was the what was the family in Home Alone? It had the M on uh, poor Joe Pesci's hand. Uh, oh. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, is anybody who's listening Kevin, right uh, now? Kevin Malone, McAllister, McAllister, yeah, yes. McAllisters. Good call. Man. Thank you. I mean, we've uh, got the holiday theme going. It's time to start talking holiday movies. All right. Hey. Uh, first of all, folks, uh, last week uh, we did this. Look, uh, now that that's a natural head there. That that didn't take too vigorous of a pour, and I do like I do like I do like the head on my uh, on my stouts. Well, Ooh. I like I like to drink them. Let's see oh how this goes. That is mapley, Mike. This smells like uh, one of those maple candies. Um, obviously, you're going to get chocolate from uh, from your stout. So, I mean, like Russell Stover's or um, what's the other box of, of chocolates? Uh, Godiva? Ghirardelli? No. Um, Dove? Nope. I put those in a bowl. Put the little foil dubs <laughs> in a bowl. It's the yellow box. I, I oh Whitman's. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So he, the yellow box did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he start with yellow box chocolates? Um. Oh my god, that is exactly it. That is exact because it comes back around. It's the uh, the chocolatey goodness of every stout with this maple. This tastes exactly like one of those maple candies out of the Ruffle Stovers or Whitman's box. Holy crap! This thing. Oh my god! Just like last week, we just tasted pure chocolate out of the chocolate chip pancake stout. This this week, it is seriously just a chocolate covered maple nougat candy. Oh my god! I, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is astounding. I don't know if I have a drinking problem, but I could finish this beer. 
It's like nine thirty in the morning. No, I uh, I um, think uh, this is getting another high grade on the the drinkability mm-hmm. scale. Um, um, I. <clears throat> I gotta, we gotta pull up, right? We gotta pull up uh, what we did last week just yeah, to kind of give us something, something to, to uh, I guess, measure it on. So last week with the chocolate chip pancake stout, the drinkability, I gave it 8.5. Mike, you gave it a 10. Sounds like you've got another 10 up your sleeve. And I told you not to give last week a 10 because now you have nowhere to go and you're more excited about this one than you were about last week. I, mm, I don't, well, it's just, it's so smooth. You know, I, I, I had to double check the uh, alcohol content on here because usually, you know, you get a beer that, you know, it's, it's a little bit um, uh, higher content percentage. Oh, no. Oh, crap. It'll well, knock you I'm out. Done. What happened? Did you spill I it? Just, nope. I just mixed in my mead from when we recorded on Thursday because I don't clean up my office. God damn it. I can't believe I did that. You my mixed can- in your mead? My can is right here, along with my mead can, and I just topped it off with my old mead. All right, well, that sucks. Well, at least you realized <laughs> it, and then uh, you didn't uh, bomb your scores. You know, something about the aftertaste. Oh. Like the first tip. <laughs> you know what? When you let it sit out for about a minute. It <laughs> like a, tastes like an old bag of hornets. What the hell happened here? <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, what's the... Try to try to remember right. those flavors uh, from a second ago. Uh, I, I've still got some left over. This is what I'm going to top it off with. Yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, um, here's the problem: the drinkability. What comes into play here is if I had to pick between chocolate chip pancakes and just straight up maple syrup, I'd go with chocolate chip pancakes. So I'm I'm gonna give this. Uh, this is gonna get. It's it's very drinkable. But I don't think I could take this flavor for that long. So I, I'm going to give it a 7.9. Yeah. You know, I'm also uh, – I'm going to do a free plug for Cinnamon in Flint. Um, I'm going to be enjoying one of their delicious uh, flavored cinnamon rolls here shortly. And I'm just trying to – I don't know if I would drink this with food. You know what I mean? Like the Chalky Chip Pancakes one. I could I, I could see myself even having a burger and fries with that or breakfast. Yeah. Um, but this one, it, it kind of feels like it should be on an island. It should just be on a mapley island. Um, I don't know if I would have it with pancakes. It's just something that I would want by itself. So I think I'm gonna. I'm not gonna score it as high for drinkability. Uh, give me, uh, give me an eight point one. How about that? I like it. Yeah, it seems like you like it just a little bit more than I do. Yeah. Now matching the flavor I, again. I am just astounded that this tastes exactly like a maple chocolate candy out of a Whitman's box. So I, I mean, last week it was I, I gave I gave the chocolate chip pancakes out of five. <laughs> it was very chocolatey, but not very pancakey. Um, this definitely isn't a ten because it, it's not just maple. It tastes like a maple chocolate candy. So uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go seven five on this. Mm. Well, I think the smell is very seductive. Like you get a, a real uh whiff of uh you know those those old maple trees leaking sap in a in a good way you know you get the sugary sap and then you get it all over your fingers and then you try to drive home and it's on the steering wheel and you forgot does that ever happen to you you get maple syrup on your steering wheel (laughs) uh uh, give me a bit of a you know a day ruiner there uh because you can't clean that up with paper towel because then it just looks like you got tarred and feathered um 
I matching the flavor. I'm gonna. You can tell it's mapley. You know, is it Michigan maple though? Oh, <laughs> I feel like they're just playing with me. So I think to think that they're trying to patronize me and that I wouldn't have tried this flavor with just just maple up top. I'm gonna knock it down a peg. Give me a six point five. All right, I like it. Now the can, Mike. Last week we had a beautiful picture of chocolate chip pancakes. This week we've got a slab of maple wood with oh, some that's wood. I thought that was a I thought that was a cross section of a brownie. <laughs> that would have been better. Um, Mike, I mean, what last week, I mean, it had that beautiful picture and I gave it a 10, you gave it a 10. Mike, this is a piece of wood trying to describe beer. Uh not not good here, uh, Rochester Mills. I, I wouldn't have selected a, a slab. If you guys could see that, like, you could see the bottom. Uh, oh, I can't I do um, this. You could see the bottom of, of the cut of wood. It's just, uh, like, a small cylinder there. This yeah. is, Mike, this is getting a three from me. This is... Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm, actually, I'm actually going in the other direction. See, I, I thought it was a slab of brownie. And then I'm reading the uh, flavor ingredients, and it says cocoa nibs. So then I saw the brownie picture, and then I could kind of taste cocoa nibs just because of that cross section. Um, I'm actually going to let me give it a nine. It's an unintentional one of those lucky mistakes, you know. <laughs> Would you say six point five on the matching the flavor? Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> I, I think overall, this is <coughs> not meeting uh, the mark on. Uh, on what we had last week with our uh, pancakes out, but uh, it's it's not terrible. I think I think if uh, if Rochester Mills is watching this, then they should be happy with the seven point nine and the eight point one. Uh, I, I am doing the calculation right now. <laughs> it should be a lot easier. Uh, but the overall for me, Mike, is coming in at six point eight four. Mm. Uh, again like we do rate the can and matching the flavor but a lot of that well, i'm gonna wait the drinkability um so yours is yours is definitely gonna come in a lot higher um yeah. 6.4 for me and then mike has a 7.96 I, hey. I have a 7.87 oh really Oh, I waited it. I waited the uh, drinkability three times. Three times? Yeah. Oh wow. Why? I mean, it doesn't affect it that much. I mean, they're still pretty close. You said seven point eight, and I had uh, yeah seven point nine. Uh, so to keep it consistent, though, with last week's square, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least say so. <clears throat> eight eight point one for me last week on the chocolate chip pancake stout, Mike. You had eight point eight, and then this week for the maple stout. 6.84 and Mike, you had 7.96. I, I think uh, I think that's pretty reasonable. I think Rochester Mills could be pretty happy with that. Um, it's uh, two weeks in a row. They're above average. Kind of. No, wait, that's still, that would be failing. I don't know. How no, do you it's, do I'd say it's really good. Like if we were to throw like a Bud Light Lime in there, um, I, I you know, drinkability. Yeah. Just, you know, it's a fluid, so I guess it gets at least a one. Uh, <laughs> matching the flavor uh, does taste like a Bud Light and a lime, probably a 10. <laughs> that's what they're going for. Uh, the can, a zero. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's probably the score. <laughs> that's right on right on pace, I think, right? Absolutely. All right, Mike. Okay. Um, let's talk some hockey. I think... Uh... I think everybody's waited long enough. They waited 20 minutes for us to get to hockey. Oh, wow. um, really? 
Yeah, that took Jesus. a long time. Yeah, last yeah. week we got that done a lot quicker. All right, Mike, yeah. uh, let's go into the Red Wings prospect update. Uh, I, I stole this from the man that we are, uh, we'll have an interview with, uh, Prashant Thayer. This was on his Twitter account. Uh, if you guys can can see this, I, I thought this was great because this was his response to how, how are you liking uh, the, the prospect development for the Detroit Red Wings. And what you can see on here is uh, uh, the five-on-five Corsi against uh, per 60. And you just, you, you can measure this in a few different ways um, or to get these results. But this, this is what we're looking at here and as simple as you can get it on uh, the top right box means you're playing good offense and good defense from a puck possession um, uh, standpoint. We'll just say that. Now, Mort Sider, uh, I don't know if you've if you've heard these discussions, Mike, but Mort Sider is just like breaking new records in regards to Corsi uh, while he's been playing in the SHL. So everybody's pretty much on board. Once he can play, uh, once he's allowed to play with the Red Wings, he he's going to be a full time. I mean, he he looks ready to go. Uh, this this is something where he he's even in playing in the SHL where it is adults playing adults. He looks like a man amongst boys. I mean, he's really using the body. He's controlling the puck, as you can see, and it's resulting in good offense, good defense. He had that point streak going that we were talking about a week ago. So you can't, I mean, there, there's no point, uh, there's no spot where there's a good argument because there is uh, production. There's actual results that you can look at as well as the advanced analytics that say <clears throat> there should be results. So it's just uh, overall more insider. It, it just, he's ready to go. I don't know how else to break it down, uh, but we get to be happy and excited. Um, <clears throat> now you move down the list here. Um, Lucas Raymond on there. And, and the one thing I'd want to talk about too, Mike, is did you get a chance to see uh, Lucas Raymond uh, lighten it up? I have seen many of the highlights, but the newest one, was it the uh, uh, takeaway and the assist? Yeah, let's uh, let's see if let's I can pop pull it up. This up. Yeah. Uh, what I don't want to have happen is me share this, and like when we share AEW stuff, uh, they block us and send us cease and desist. So uh, let's see what happens. Uh, this is from Here's Your Replay. We did not. <clears throat> no. Uh, also, Here's Your Replay. Put this on Twitter. Let's remember, Here's Your Replay is also just screen grabbing. So I hope he. I hope Here's Your Replay doesn't block us or something because. Again, it's just a screen grab. This isn't his content. Uh, but here's here's Luke. Um, I mean, this this was so fantastic to watch. And I, I love this replay because there are so many different angles of this. And uh, it's always hard to catch uh, Jan Mersak, who's also a Detroit Red Wing draft pick. Hey. Uh, who, who we talked about when uh, when we were doing our, um, our uh, what did we do? Redrafts a few uh, weeks back. But yeah, I mean, this is all about elusiveness. This is about him knowing his size. Like, think about hockey smarts from a perspective of, all right, can Lucas Raymond go where Jan Mersak is? No, he's a little guy. So, so he's using his skills to make this play work. And uh, do, is it actually up? Okay, cool. It is. Yeah, it's working. <laughs> yeah, it's working. Um, so th this is just something I'm going to stop sharing it just so we don't get in trouble from uh, the SHL. Uh, but that right there shows you what like without him having the size of uh of an adult that says he's ready for the nhl and to see it play out successfully in the shl yeah. i mean uh 
you, well, we also do make about, this guy bigger, but he's already making it work with the size that he's at. But go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was, you, absolutely. No, I was just going to, um, on the coattails of that one, because we talked about what this draft was. It was like, you know, Stutzela, uh, Quentin Byfield, and Lafreniere. I shouldn't have opened up with Stutzela. I should have made that number three um, to really add some pop to that uh, pronunciation. Um, but we talked about it was like three man-sized hockey players, and then everybody else uh, – yeah, varying skills. And the reason they're not in the top three is because of their, you know, shape. Um, but yeah, exactly what you're saying. Um, to see Lucas, uh, you know, embracing his uh, not being Lafreniere sized and uh, still being able to contribute. Uh, you know, it's inspiring. It's uh, it's nice to see highlights like that. Um, it makes it feel like, you know, we made the right choice. Um I- I Even think, though it is it is such a, a small potato, and I think we're really reaching for our hockey highlights because you know we, I mean, we yeah, still want to get this guy in the NHL and <laughs> hopefully get him in one of those sexy new white and gray Red Wing retro jerseys. Uh, but this this is a this is a fine little little sampling, I guess. Well, yeah, that's that's a good transition. Uh, but I, I mean, I, like you would want to throw out there, it's been a topic of conversation: is how long do you wait for Lucas Raymond? Are you going to give a Two years to build up that body to do some strength training, or um, I, and I think what this shows, I, I think the better conversation rather than us just gushing about what a great play it is, is that this is definitely something that pushes you in that. All right, this this doesn't need to be something where we're giving him two years to develop. This could be the second he's ready, he can he can pop over. And yeah. uh, even in Steve Eiserman's most recent uh, interview on on uh, Sportsnet, I believe it was, uh, see the Sportsnet or TSN. It's one of those Canadian ones. Who cares? Um, <laughs> he he mentioned like maybe this will be an end of the season experiment uh, for Lucas Raymond, where he'll he'll get an opportunity, uh, but not really a full season thing. But you like to hear that from Steve, where he sees enough already, where it's it, the decision is: is he just going to be available so I can play him at the end of the season? Rather than are we waiting one or two years before he gets full time experience? So it, it's overall this play is is more or less progressing that story in that direction rather yeah. than it just being like oh my gosh he's amazing. No, it it just means that we have more evidence uh, to say that he could he could be coming around sooner rather than later. Uh, no, the, other, like, the other thing too is we've had some yeah. first round picks where it seems like we're still kind of you know Stone Cold Steve Austin in the '98 Rumble just kind of. You know, checking your okay, watch. And, Stone Cold Steve. Are they? Uh, are they? Uh, any, anything uh, going on with those guys? And uh, you're like, well, they're. You know, it's not about the goals and the assists. It's not about the plus minus. You know, he had a. He really helped us ice a team. Uh, you know, minor league. So it's just kind of nice that it feels like another like of Steve's uh, early draft picks uh, is hitting. So it, it's just another piece of evidence that this guy knows what he's doing. So. Right, and if we pulled if we pulled this up again, you're starting. You you need to start building a team, and you got to figure we have maybe two or three pieces already in the system. Um, maybe three or four that that can work with everything else. So uh, what? Moritz Sider. You've got Lucas Raymond. You, you're just checking off a couple of boxes. You look at something like Don Lachizan is putting together these formulas for how to build a championship team, and you need elite talent on defense and in your your top six so or, or you need multiple elite talents apparently from Tom Lachism uh, or, or at least you need the seasons to line up so you kind of look at Mantha Larkin Lucas Raymond those guys can play on different lines and they have that potential to be the elite talent 
And you don't need them to hit 100 points. What you need is is something that is puck control, that is um, production, that with, with the minutes coming down, could they jump up to the first line and have those 100 points? But that's... It, it, it's, it's a pretty crazy formula that Dom uh, LeChizan put together, but I, I highly yeah. recommend taking a look at it. But when you look at the Red Wings lineup right now and you're trying to piece together a couple more drafts, some more free agent periods, uh, Bergeron coming through and leading, you know, one of the top producers in the SHL and being one of those surprise, surprise draft picks, that's where you start to go, holy crap, there's something here that we can we can latch on to. Like something nobody latched on to. This past week was the reverse retro. Of course, it came out on Monday after we released uh, last week's episode. I, um, know, and this will be good for the podcast because I don't I don't have a picture of it, but I do have a picture of something that I think I'd like to replace it with. And uh, Mike, I mean, it's such a bummer because everybody was looking forward to this. We got some amazing jerseys. I, I got to say anything with red. And what's funny is that there's so little red in the Red Wing jersey. But anything with red really played well in my book. You got Columbus Blue Jackets, the St. Louis Blues. I a I, lot of people hate those. I love them. Maybe I gotta say though, like anytime there's any minor tweak to the Red Wing jersey, uh, people just lose their minds. And you know, this is an original six. So this is not how I remember it. Uh, <laughs> so I don't. I don't think when they put out these retros, there was really um, a lot of a lot of room for a victory. Um, Right, you know, and with the, with that said, the design they presented us is not something I would ever invest in. Um, but I just, if you're going to go retro and barely make it a Red Wing jersey, I would almost just like Mighty Ducks it and just have like a big red chicken on the front, just just some weird cartoonish, <laughs> you know, like Mister Chicken's House of Hockey or something, you know, yeah. like a big red. You know, Brewster out there with a the hockey stick, and he's not even wearing skates. He's just kind of flipping, flopping on his bird, you know, claws. But I, I don't know. I, I would have went really over the top and just, you know, like seventies cartoon it, something like that. I, I wouldn't have done this subtle gray that everyone hates and nobody's gonna buy. I would have just done something insane, just a big red bird. Well, here's here's what I saw, and this is what I like. And this is uh, somebody I've shared before on uh, on our podcast, but this is uh, uh, Lucas Dykeman, I think. Uh, but yeah, you guys can see at LD Concepts. This this is what I liked about it because you uh, you and I didn't really get a chance to talk too much about what we wanted from the reverse retros. But I said, go to the Detroit Falcons. The only thing that could be interesting here is if they mixed in the Detroit Falcons yellow. This is this does that. So you can see the Detroit Falcons in the background there. I would have mixed in a little bit more yellow into the logo and probably matched the font because this is kind of and and uh, Lucas, uh, I love your work. I want everybody to go check them out, but uh, got to be open to critiques here. Uh, <laughs> that that this really is just that that pull from um, uh, uh, when we played the Maple Leafs at the Big House. That's that's that same logo and and font. I, I would move yeah. it into being the Detroit Falcons Detroit and then maybe mixing some yellow into the the logo. Like that's taking a huge risk. That's taking the mighty ducks risk. Um, and I think it's just for fun, right? Like this is just something like why, why go the, maybe the lack of length uh, to not have fun. And uh, this, this would have been fun. This would have been something I would have been on board with. And I, yeah. I'd probably be pre-ordering because it's so crazy. I also yeah. like Mike, you can go to town if you take this to Little Caesars Arena 
go to town on your hot dog, man. Ketchup mustard all over. And if you start to spill it, nobody's going to notice. It's an extra <laughs> bonus that nobody's taking into consideration here. Something that I think more, more when, when t-shirts are made or anything like, uh, you know, now we have Mike, we have our t-shirts that make sure it blocks the yellow stains that are going to come from our pits. Oh yeah. Let's make sure we're blocking something that people wear to a hockey game and make sure it's okay with ketchup and mustard stains. That's all I ask. That's a, uh, yeah. Real quick side note. Um, you know how they make like tweed jackets and then they'll put like the elbows. Yeah. I wish that we could invent a, like start a trend where there's less like a yellow patch under your white t-shirts. So I could bring a lot of mine out of retirement. Um, I haven't had the heart to throw them away, but uh, yeah, they're yellow stains under there. Maybe go with a, a white patch. I feel like the yellow patch is going <laughs> to, it's the same problem. You're still going to. No, yellow's in. Yellow's in now. So we're all going to sweat out our shirts. Uh, by the way, there is a new deodorant that's supposed to help with that. Uh I still have to buy a new white t-shirt and try it out formally, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I think the moral of this story is with retro jerseys, the more risk, the merrier. Um, I miss the sharks with the big old shark taking a chunk out of the stick. Um, we already mentioned the Mighty Ducks. Um, I, I always like the Islanders one with the old uh, guy who sold fish sticks, uh, Captain Gordon, when he was on the front with his floppy hat, uh, chasing away seabirds. Uh, those were all my favorites. <laughs> So I wish that the Red Wings could do something a little more risque. Um, I mean, and New York Islanders fans are right there with you because they're pretty bummed that the Islanders just turned in the same exact jersey and said, hey, it's a little bit darker blue. Have yeah. fun. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you're not you're not taking my money on this uh, on this one. Sorry, retro uh, program. Uh, but you man, know who is getting our money? Back? You know, ah, damn it. I fed you that one. There you go. Like the fish stick. The fresh fish stick out of the fryer. There you go. No, I mean, we were talking about deodorant stains on our shirt, but Mike, if you want to stain your nuts and berries, or your twig and berries, uh, your nuts and berries, that's just... Stain them? (laughs) Here we go. Oh, wait, deodorize them. That's right. Yeah, there you go. You want to stain them? If you want to stain your nutsack, Mike... (laughs) Watch out for the Um, bloody buzzsaw. That is... (laughs) Uh, oh, of course, we're, we're bringing up uh, all the wonderful products you can get from Manscaped, including the Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, Mike, we've been talking about it all summer. Now we've been talking about it all fall. And as I watch the snowfall, I know we're going to be talking about it in the winter. This is a third generation cutting edge technology from Manscaped. This thing gets so close to the skin. You don't have you can just twirl that thing around like a baton. You can go to town and not think twice about it. I'm telling you, no. Nicks or cuts, it, it's really doing the great job uh, that that Manscaped promises that, uh, Mike, you and I are now used to. Um, it's that 7,000 RPM motor. You've got the battery that's going to last up to 90 minutes. You've got the LED light that's going to shine where the sun don't shine. You need to be able to see down there to make sure everything's going right. And you've got that beautiful charging stand. Uh, nobody's coming over now, uh, but you get to look at that charging stand every day. Uh, so, uh, with all that, you can have 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code THPN. That is in reference to the hockey podcast network. That's promo code THPN at manscaped.com so that you can deodorize your balls. You can cut those little hairs as close as as possible. You can keep them high and tight, Mike. Uh, (laughs) it's (laughs) manscaped.com promo code THPN. 
check it out. We love it. Uh, and uh, we, we, uh, what, what is it? Um, it's uh, your, your ball, your balls will thank you. There it is. Sorry about yep. that. That's uh, all right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, we have the NHL versus NBA exhibit, as I called it uh, before, exhibit double yep. Z. In reference to how many pieces of evidence there are that the NHL is far behind uh, the uh, the NBA in regards to um, modernizing the sport, and I, I this is the evidence we brought up. Right um, here's Alexi Lafreniere, first overall. I mean, this guy is, is has been touted for the last couple of years. Um, he's getting uh, his deal. Is uh, he's a max entry level contract worth eleven point three million with with bonuses? Uh, only uh, five hundred and seventeen and a half thousand is guaranteed. Uh, and then, Mike, compare that to the Minnesota Timberwolves, who selected Anthony Edwards first overall. He'll sign a max. Can you help me again, Mike? What's the RSC? Oh, uh, rookie scale contract worth forty four point two million, of which twenty million is guaranteed. Think about yeah. that. The the guaranteed part, that's that's for, just take the guaranteed part. Let's just discuss that. That's 40 times. 40 times is what an NBA player. Now, uh, sure, the NHL teams are bigger than an NBA team, but not that much bigger. Not not enough to say <laughs> one of the best, you know, what what's considered one of the best prospects to be drafted uh in the NHL in Alexi Lafreniere in a, in a while, arguably. All right, anybody who's getting their uh, it's, yeah, it's a generational superstar. Yeah, generational. Right. Um, I guess uh, with this one, uh, it's it's just it's a perfect um, like counterexample because Lafreniere is widely regarded, like you said, to be a generational top prospect. Um, where you know the Red Wings literally got uh, they earned seven points in the win standings last year to try and get this guy, uh, and then. Uh, <laughs> To look at Anthony Edwards, Matt, who this is one of the uh, lowest graded drafts for the NBA ever, uh, where nobody nobody knew the value of anybody. There wasn't any, you know, Zion Williamson. There wasn't a LeBron in it. There was a bunch of guys that you're like, eh, you know, one through nine are kind of the same guy. Hopefully one of them pans out. Um, and to see, you know, roughly 40 times more money you're going to make. Um I will say that it's tougher because, like you said, the, the hockey roster is much larger compared to an NBA roster, which is only, you know, like 12 guys in hockey are getting like, you know, 20, 20 ish uh, between, you know, guys bouncing back and forth between the minors. Um, but I'd say the other other piece of this that kind of bums me out, um, you know, we had so much time to kind of analyze and dissect before the drafts happened for the NHL and the NBA, and then they occurred. Um the NHL pretty pretty evenly just kind of went how we predicted it would go. Like who would draft uh, which player at which slot, um, and it, it pretty for the most part kind of followed a, a cookie cutter approach. You know, for how we we had it uh, predicted uh, months ago. It's just I wish that I wish the NHL kind of had that level of excitement that the NBA can because. Just even if you just look at it from a Detroit perspective, and uh, the Detroit's uh, Pistons GM uh, Troy Weaver went bananas this year. Um, what I called a, a largely Iserman draft because um, he traded into the first round not once but twice 
so the Pistons left with three first round picks. Um, I don't think you get that kind of uh, movement, not on draft night from the NHL. Um, and I, I kind of wish it was something that depending on the contracts, um, it was something that was a little bit more feasible that, you know, immediate impact, you know, we want to make this immediate change. We're going to, you know, juggle X amount of dollars and we're essentially going to buy draft picks. Um, I think you'll see it a lot more at the trade deadline for hockey. Uh, but I I do wish that there was a little bit more movement, a little more sizzle, um, just to kind of, you know, it it just, all it for me as a, as a fan, it just makes it feel like this is a more important night. Like there's more desperation, you know, to see movement. Um, and you, you just don't see as much of it, uh, you know, in hockey as you do the NBA, where it was just almost constant movement outside of like the first two, three picks. I will say that there there is some on draft day, and we've seen some pretty crazy stuff, and that's where the whole um, we have that impression that we've run through this this very show of Gary Bettman saying we have another trade, which is me doing an impersonation of Greg Wachowski doing an impersonation <laughs> of Gary Bettman. I can't wait to have um, him on. I can't wait to do WWE <laughs> impressions with that guy. <laughs> um, but the, so it does happen. I think I think to defend the NHL, I think. It was COVID that got in the way. I think you saw every single one of these picks for seven rounds go almost the entire allotment of time. And I think it's because we had so many guys that uh, were running uh, these these drafts that weren't necessarily, you know what? No, it, it's just a brand new thing. And they didn't really know how to handle it. So I think the the fact that all of those draft times or the, uh, you know, the five minutes you get or the two minutes you get for each draft, really ran the full two minutes, even going into the seventh round. Like the, you said, you still saw that. Um, I think that just goes to say that these guys were confused this year. I think they, like there was, there were less moves because of that. So I will defend them to that end, but I will not defend the NHL for having a <laughs> revenue. Uh, that's about half of what the NBA is, is bringing in. So the NBA is at 8.3, or at least the last season was at 8.3 billion. The NHL is at 3.8 billion. So you're just flipping those numbers there. So it's about, it's about half, but then for a player coming in and the, so half, right? Half, 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 you just multiply it by two and then they're at the same revenue. To, to take a rookie contract and say that the NBA has figured out a way to do a contract that's 40 times the size of an NHL rookie contract, that's that's what makes me mad. That's what turns this league and keeps it being the team first, which I think is propaganda. I know I sound like, is it Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist? Yeah. I, I don't. I can't, it can't go into that realm because we see the facts. Like, it's not something like, oh, I bet, you know, behind – uh, you know, behind closed doors, uh, the NHL won't pay body blah, blah. No, it's it's everything we see. It's, we see the player salaries. We see where the money goes. We see the advertisements that say it's this team versus this team. It's it's never focusing on uh, that that superstar player. And man, how excited was I to watch the playoffs this summer because I finally get to watch Connor McDavid, and that never happens. They, they right. don't focus on the best player in the NHL. I only get to watch the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, which again, you get to see Sidney Crosby, but come on. Um, I guess Another one, you get to see uh, future Red Wing, uh, Patrick Kane. So, Oh my God. That was our, we got our first really mean comment on YouTube because of that. And it was just like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Patrick Kane? 
Never listening again. Blocked. Like, it was... Who doesn't want 100 points a year from an MVP candidate? We're not getting into this again, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize he said it. Um, uh, If you want, reach out to uh, me at BOD Hockey. Uh, I will issue a formal apology for anybody hurt by Mike's comments about the Red Wings picking up uh, Patrick Kane. Anybody who wants a free Red Wings rant or Brothers of Discussion COVID mask. Hit me in those comments with those Patrick Kane pluses, huh? Hey, who wants a free mask? So you just have to agree with you? Uh, and they'll get a free mask. Uh, yeah. Okay, wow. All right. I, I kind of, that that is kind of funny. Uh, that's going to be expensive. Uh, well, let's hear, I want to see the comments. I got to see that's some uh, Patrick Kane's at, at Michael underscore Clink. That that's actually be... at Matthew underscore Matt Clink. All right, cool. He got that wrong. <laughs> it's that clink man. Damn it. I forgot your stupid thing, your handle. I'm sorry. It's not stupid. I just am panicking. All right, man, we got to move on. We don't want to talk about the NBA crushing long, the NHL Long story anymore. short, there's so many steps the NHL needs to take. We we need to wrap up these segments with conclusions at one point. Uh, All right, some point. let's get into uh, the other fun part of being the GM outside of the draft. Matt, you had another be the GM. All right. Uh, <laughs> That's not <enough of> that. <laughs> I love that song. Go ahead. I do too. Yeah, if you guys listen to us on YouTube, we uh, I, I play the whole song while we're talking, so it's uh, it's out. It actually sounds a little bit better. Streamyard, uh, get your shit together. Um, all right. So let me let me find uh, let me find our results here, and then I'm going to share the screen uh, so everybody can take a peek. Uh, now here was the situation this week, Mike. By Bobby Ryan's own account. Iserman has promised to put him in a better situation should a trade arise. However, a bubble team with a very juicy offer needs help, but it's likely they don't have a deep playoff run. What do you do? So the here's, here's the four points here. Ask Ryan, basically get Ryan's opinion, but risk losing the offer. All right, so you, you take the time to reach out and say, hey, what do you think about this? Can we do it? But this is where you're in a trade deadline scenario. You need to get the ball rolling. And the second these conversations start happening, you could lose the trade. Send them packing. Mike, you get the good offer. Who cares about Bobby Ryan and his feelings? Uh, inquire about an alternative. You have another right-handed uh, stick that's, that's aging on the team that you could offer and say, maybe I'll take a little bit less. Or, Mike, number four, you call Ken Holland sobbing. Uh, for a while, that was leading the way, so I was pretty stoked about that um, <laughs> when it was winning. But Mike, zero percent, zero percent, say that Eisenman should follow through with what he said and call Bobby Ryan and get his opinion because he promised by Bobby Ryan's account he promised to put him in a better situation. I well, I don't know. I'm kind of disgusted at Red Wings fans right now. I'm. I honestly like this. I got it. Yeah. I mean, by Iserman's own accord, he just said a better situation. I mean, technically, you know, if, if they're going from the 31st seed to the 30th seed, that is a better situation. So, I mean, if he gets traded to Ottawa for, you know, a first round pick, that is a better situation. You know, I think uh, uh, we need to take this pretty literally. I think that's what Steve is <laughs> doing. And when Bob calls uh, Steve to be like, hey, what, why am I uh, getting fitted for a Senator's jersey? He said, hey, better situation. Look, I, we've been talking for weeks. Is it possible that NHL franchises are going to be able to use this moving forward 
uh, because you don't see it too often, but we've seen it with Ken Holland in the Red Wings and uh, Vanek when he was coming in and out. Uh, this would be another chance to do that with Bobby Ryan, where you give him a Stanley Cup opportunity, and then if it doesn't work out, you come on back and we'll trade you next year. You just keep playing that, the same game over and over. How that is you a, gonna that's a very nice sentiment, but it's not what Steve said. <laughs> I, I I will say this. Um, we had a very, uh, my opinion, very similar to what we got from Prashant, so I hope you guys do take a listen to that interview. We eventually get to talking about why I asked him to come on the show, where I said, just 15 minutes, we'll chat Bobby Ryan. Of course, we went a half hour and chatted Bobby Ryan for about five minutes. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I think for me, and I thought this was a fun game to play, and I can tell that I, I I think it's, I think what happens is, is folks don't want to play the real game and sit there and go, all right, well, what, how, if I'm gamifying this, what happens if I don't, if I don't do Bobby Ryan a solid, what happens is you get, you lose that trust that so many of these guys signed on with the team and said, I trust Steve Eiserman. Um, I, I think the conversations that he had, I think he really needs to lean into that. And I know Mike, you're not saying that he shouldn't. I think you're, you're having a, you're, you're, you're playing a bit. I'm having a jest. I'm having yeah. a jest. Yeah. But I, I just I don't see how we got zero percent said like get Bobby Ryan involved in the conversation. I, I understand that this is uh like this is the mentality of the NHL fan, and this is what scares me. Like this is where we see the problems of our NHL players getting so underpaid compared to other <laughs> leagues, where it's already like, oh no, I need my I need my team to to come out on top. Uh, these are not human beings to me. These are just play things for me to watch on Fox sports that, uh, you know, I guess for the Red Wings fans, it's 82 times a year and that's all you get. But yeah. um, I don't know. It just, it kind of bothered me that we had nobody vote. Yeah. For... I thought maybe like, you know, Iserman would sign in with his burner account, like Stevie Y number one fan, you know, and just put in one vote. Well, you know, I'd probably talk to the player first and maintain good relationships or, with everybody. In the NHL. Yeah, or Bobby Ryan gets involved and is like, Jesus, I hope he's gonna ask me about this. <laughs> no, he just tweets it and then at Steve Eiserman. Um, and if anybody thinks I'm insane for even bringing this up, how many times have we heard guys like signing into Twitter and going, That's when I found out I got traded? Like, that does happen, and maybe a lot of you are just, uh, you know around but you were on board with that you're like no not a, maybe they're playing nhl 21 like I, I rarely ask my players if they want to be moved that's true um, in yeah, the video game. <laughs> um so maybe that's what's going on but uh i when i voted i i i, I confess that i said send him packing i'm sorry wow, you you mother puss bucket now i i did vote for call ken holland sobbing so <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really help the situation, but <laughs> honestly, um, everybody else could have, you know, somebody could have chimed in and said, let's, let's do, let's, let's, let's do Bobby. A I think you're, be, you're, you had the most pragmatic, uh, you know, thought on here to actually come through on something because, you know, it's, it's not a one-off obviously, you know, Bobby Ryan is going to be a veteran. People are going to want to talk to him. Uh, how did you find out about the news? And you you don't want to set a precedent where you're just, uh, uh, you know, willy nilly getting rid of guys. And, you know, like you said, letting them discover the news via social media. Um, the most pragmatic, the most diplomatic, the most professional way would be to let Ryan know, here's what we have on the table. You know, we can get you, a, you know, you'll be a top nine forward on a, you know, a four seed. How do you feel about that? Um, 
that's that's probably the smartest way to go about it because you know Iserman's trying to do this job beyond this year. Ideally, right. he wants to be here for a while um, <laughs> and have a reputation and make guys you know feel like signing here is a good idea again. Um, so yeah. All right, Mike. We've got uh, moving on to the next one. I hope you've all. I hope you all feel terrible right now. But moving on into our next segment, Mike. It's your favorite segment. Shame anyway. on you. Shame on me. But you know, I'm going to redeem myself with another edition of. Put it back up. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Where uh, this segment, basically, I uh, um, cherry pick a quote from uh, Jeff Blaschel, take it out of context, usually. And uh, Matt's got to tell us which player Blaschel is talking about. Sometimes I'll kind of lead the witness if it's a little more of an oddball one. But in this case, he is talking about one specific player. Matt, we uh we went back into the annals of Red Wing history, Ooh, and it was anals. not well an extra N, so a hard N on the annals. Uh, but uh, man, it was from 2019, roughly November. Uh, Red Wings mired in a uh, losing streak, uh, which you know doesn't narrow it down. There was quite a few losing streaks last season. But uh, Matt, dealer's choice. Would you like me to read it, or would you like to hear uh, our guest Paul Woods? We have him on the line. Uh, as always. Paul Woods. Matt, once again, has chosen Paul Woods. He still does not want to hear more of my voice. I'm not (laughs) insulted, just a little bit. Okay, here we go. Matt, this is Who's That Pokemon, as presented by color commentator, uh, Hall of Famer of something, uh, Paul Woods. Matt, here we go. Blessful, he uh, he told fill in the blank. Uh, I I appreciate the competitiveness. Uh, competitiveness. Uh, it's a hard word to say. There's a lot of little bulls in that one, but uh, I appreciate the competitiveness. But uh, we don't want you fighting. Uh as Anthony Mantha. Matt, I like your mentality. All right. <laughs> was I supposed to? But it was already out? November. Mantha would have been hurt, so there's no way it could have been Mantha. I'm gonna oh, give you really? one more guess on this one. Yeah. Oh God! I I just thought because he was he, he was fighting and shouldn't have been fighting. Okay. Uh, then let's let's try. Uh, maybe Larkin was fighting. Maybe he. Was there you fired. go. Guess number two is still a Larkin. <laughs> um, Broadway right through the middle of another six-one defeat after recently losing seven to three and four to zero. Uh, Larkin, in a moment of frustration, threw down the gloves and got into a scuffle. Um, and head coach Jeff Blaschel said, please stop doing that. We can't afford you to get injured in a fight. <laughs> um, and uh, that's the story on that one. So that was Who's that? Pokemon! Yeah. So coach Jeff Blaschel. Yeah. Wrap up of season one, because we're going to start season two next week. No, um, two two weeks. Yeah, our, so our next record, our next not the next recording, but the recording after that will be the start of season two. So I, I've got, I guess if you give me that, where you're like, you give me the second chance, I, I'm technically wrapping this up positively. You won the season finale. There you yeah. Go. Woo. All right. Uh, so everyone, as we wrap up, I do apologize that I couldn't get um, this interview to load up. But tomorrow morning, go to uh, go to wherever you get your podcast, find Red Wings Rant, go to our YouTube page, and uh, find the uh, conversation between myself and Prashant Dyer. Uh, if you are a hardcore Red Wings fan, chances are you already follow him. 
So we tried to go a little bit more in depth on some of the conversations he's had on his own podcast. Uh, but uh, let me, uh, uh, I give him, uh, I'll just take a listen tomorrow. Uh, I guess this is going to get really confusing now because if I'm editing this and then putting it, all right. So now I'm breaking the fourth wall. It's okay. If you're listening to this on Monday, uh, just we're going to roll right into that intro that I give for Shant, and then uh, we roll into the conversation. Hey, everybody. Today, my guest is the man who keeps Max Boltman in check on Wings for Breakfast. He keeps y'all Wings fans in check on Twitter, The Athletic, and Winging It in Motown. He's a member of Hockey Grabs, a co-creator of Meta Hockey. He's one of the few, if not only, hockey minds that if he spoke about COVID-19, you couldn't tell him to stick to what he knows because he's be, he's going to be spitting truths. He is Prashant Dyer. Prashant, thank you so much for coming on, man. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, well, we got to jump in. I, how, how often am I going to have Prashant on my show? I am a Woodford Double Oaked man. I'm a Maker's Mark fan. Am I limiting my palate on the bourbon side of things? No, I mean, yeah, you know, everyone drinks what they like, and those are two pretty solid uh, bottles. You know, you're sounds like you're a good weeded bourbon fan, as am I, so not a bad way to be. Anything uh, you've got uh, on tabs right now, something I should be buying for friends and family for Christmas? Uh, I mean, the one I always suggest to everyone that's pretty easy to find, but it's really tasty, is the Russell's Reserve a single barrel. It's a, it's a pretty solid bottle. It's usually about 55 60 bucks, and it's almost always on the shelf, and you can't go wrong with that. So it's a good, great, great holiday present there. All right. That's, uh, that's the first time I'm going to be highlighting my show notes, just to make <laughs> sure I don't miss it. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I, I gotta go, this, this is kind of outside of what, uh, I, I was asking you to come on the show for, but, um, you see that nasty toe drag by Lucas Raymond this morning? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, he's a heck of a playmaker and got a nice uh, assist there to, to boot. So he's looking really, really nice. Yeah. I like one of the things that I remember, uh, since November, we've been chatting with, uh, all the different shows on the hockey podcast network. And we've been saying, Lucas Raymond, Lucas Raymond, Lucas Raymond, if not Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, but we were we wanted to like solidify that uh, a right-handed shot with the power play. And I mean, Lucas Raymond on this play is making it look like a power play, right? I mean, he's he's dancing around defenders. Uh, and it, it reminded me of that, uh, I don't know if you remember that Gustav Nyquist play. Uh, it was an overtime game and he's just holding that, ragging the puck, ragging the puck. Uh, but Lucas is just making all this this great space, and of course it was Jan Mersak who uh, who finishes off the play. But I, I just you you gotta have, to, in, in my opinion, it, it it's got to be something where you can at least put some fear in your opponent's penalty kill. And this is something I just, oh God, I can't I can't wait to see. And I know I know you were saying on uh, Wings for Breakfast probably a couple years out, but oh, man, if if it <laughs> as soon as it could happen please god let it happen uh, yeah he's not a real power play player so you know he's a guy that'll definitely add a lot for the wings uh in the near future it may not be two years maybe just one year but we'll see how about uh i mean where do you see that elusiveness on a power play because i know a lot of it just turns into you know you, you've got your setup plays and, and you don't really see too much of that, like you, you want to see the puck bouncing around. You are going to get forced into improv spaces where you have to do, you have to be elusive to make sure you're not just turning the puck over. 
But uh, like, where do you rank that in regards to a successful power play? Just top, top, you know, off the top of your head. Yeah, I mean, you, you certainly need that elusiveness. I think uh, something I've talked about a lot is you need handedness. So you actually need a, a, a solid balance of right and left shots in order to successfully run your power play. And I think that's been a big limiting factor for the Wings is, you know, they they want to run their power play from the right half wall with their left-handed shots. But, you know, you really only had Mike Green as a right-handed shot, and therefore you had really no no passing options into the slot or to the far side. And so, you know, give Lucas Raymond uh, the ability to run the power play from the left half boards. And and now with that right-handed shot, you can set up a lot of left-handed shots. And so, you know, potentially you're, you're, you're looking at being able to set up Philip Zadina in the slot or looking at, you know, setting up some of these other guys uh, that are going to come along. And so I think that's going to be a, a huge addition for the wings and just in terms of opening up passing lanes. So, uh, and then obviously you put his vision in there and, and same with Jonathan Berggren and, and those two guys are going to be setting up power plays for, for years to come for Detroit. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's another name that I, I don't know if you want to call it a surprise, but um, it definitely wasn't something I was prepared to, to be taking notes on and covering uh, this fall, I guess uh, probably because we were expecting to get some hockey at some point uh, in the NHL, but uh, maybe January, right? Fingers crossed. But I mean, I, I think top to bottom, we're we're just seeing. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to skip ahead here, and we'll we'll put. I, I have you on here because I want to talk Bobby Ryan and him moving. But I did want to ask you. Um, you know, we're seeing. All right, we get we get Lucas Raymond. Um, Jonathan's looking great. In both of our shows, we actually did uh, talk about a four to five year. Um, what do we want to call it? A timetable going from, you know, bottom of the barrel uh, to, and I, I put it as I'm always very careful about saying a Stanley cup contender, because I think almost every team in the NHL is probably considered a playoff contender. I think there's that potential. Uh, but did, are we seeing that advancement? Are we going to see that upgrade from four to five years is pretty, that, that's where we we're pretty staunch on that. Uh, are we getting that upgrade to three to four years? with uh, at least what we've seen with the prospect side of things. Yeah, I think it uh, depends. You know, one of the things I've always talked about is the way a team kind of advances or accelerates a rebuild is you have the guys not drafted in the first round outperform their draft selection, you know. So even once you hit outside of pick 20, uh, the chances of those guys being substantial impact players is quite low. You know, and then you look at the teams that have been successful and been able to be sustainably successful, and it's the teams that hit on those second, third round picks with those guys becoming the lead. I mean, Tampa's the team, you know, I reference a lot just given the Eisman connection, but abil- the ability to hit on right. Brady Point, the ability to hit on Nikita Kucherov, Andre Palat, you know, Tyler Johnson, all these guys outside the first round that allow them to build this sustainable contender. You know, Yanni Gord's another one to throw in there. You know, for Detroit, if you want to move forward, um, you need – Theodore Niederbach to outperform his draft slot. You need Jonathan Bergen to outperform his draft slot. You need Albert Johansson to outperform his draft slot. You're starting to see signs of that, uh, which is really encouraging because if you look back at the last five years, the Wings really haven't had any of their second, third, fourth round picks really substantially outperform, you know, where they're selected. I mean, maybe you, you make an argument, uh, you know, for Philip Peronic kind of being the most significant of those, being a, a second round pick uh, and outperforming his selection to make the team now but really outside of that you've had a lot of underperforming first round picks coupled with second third fourth round picks that didn't really wow and so I think the last two drafts 
have really given you a, a handful of guys that you know give you the opportunity to accelerate the timeline on the rebuild. So I'm not ready to to slam dunk anything yet in terms of three years, four years, five years. I still think you're missing the biggest component, which is elite talent um, that's going to drive you forward. And, and maybe it's Lucas Raymond, but I still think you're at least one more top tier draft pick away, whether that's the 2021 draft, the 2022 draft, which is absolutely loaded. So we'll kind of see where they go from there, but you're, you have the right signs moving forward. All right. And I, I, I'm really going to take this off, off uh, what I told you I wanted to have you on. Cause I, I, I'm a huge, I'll just confess, I'm a huge believer. Once uh, we get going, I, I think the problem with too many podcasts uh, is that uh, you, you want to continue the conversation and not just focus on the questions I had written down. But you make, you make a, a point that, that pops in my head. And, and I'm wondering, too, like I, I see, uh, like you mentioned, uh, the, the 2021 draft. Is, is this going to be something where you think the Red Wings might want to think about maybe Gosh, if, if we're missing out on a real full season of of some of these players in the 2021 draft, uh, maybe not getting a chance to fully develop. I mean, are, are we really, are we just going to play the game that, well, we need to pull in some more 17, 18 year old kids, or do we push out and go to 2022? And maybe we do have these extra draft picks right now. Is there, is there maybe possibility that it, it would make sense to go to 2022 and move some of those extra picks or, or just make sure we're focusing on anything we're we're bringing in would be 2022 focused yeah I think that's one way of approaching it is and I think you know ultimately when you look at 2022 you know being able to pick at the top of that draft there's more right. Elite Shane, right. at the top of that draft you know Shane Wright I mean it's kind of the the big prize there but there's still a handful of other guys that are outstanding that are going to be in that draft and so yeah I mean you definitely want to have multiple picks in the first round if you can you know I kind of actually think the opposite about 2021 if you have less people being able to scout these players there's a better chance that people make bad decisions early on. And actually having a handful of picks in this draft um, is going to give you the opportunity, especially, you know, with the Wings having three second-round picks. You may have guys that are first-round talents that people just didn't get to scout a lot. And that's a big reason why they slide. Um, and so then they slide into that second round, and you've got three picks, and you can kind of scoop them up there if you're a little bit more confident in your scouting group or – you know, even if you just take the random dart approach and you, you're saying I'm blind, <laughs> darts, I have more darts than anybody else. Right. Uh, so I, I actually think it's it's fine to hang on to the picks because there's a chance that these guys just get under scouted. And as a result, it's going to kind of fall on teams that have a better grasp of, you know, their scouting, the analytics, the you know, whatever they're using to, to make their decisions. Um, and so Detroit could be in an advantageous situation where you see some of these guys slip because people just weren't as weren't as familiar with your game yeah and, and essentially i think uh what a lot of the uh wings pundits have seen including uh yourself is you know something like a niederbach falling in and uh and the way he's performing now we get to at least say hey that draft pick that felt pretty good when it happened and now we get to see him actually play and and it looks pretty good uh let's jump back into uh, the bobby ryan conversation like i said i, I wanted you here we play the game on a weekly basis called be the GM. And, um, you know, maybe you want to jump on what we did last week too, but we, we focused on, um, you know, what could you get back for Tyler Bertuzzi? Um, a lot of folks, uh, held up right away and said, 
I don't want to trade Tyler Bertuzzi, but we were in the we were at, we were playing the game of what would you what would be the least uh, you would you would want to get back? What would you say yes to? Kind of idea. Uh, and and on that list, we had the first round pick for 2021, first round for 2022. We had multiple picks, veteran coming in, multiple picks, a prospect coming in, but overwhelmingly, everybody either commented and said you don't want to trade Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, which again I say is not playing the game. Um, but then the uh, overwhelming winner on the poll was uh, that first round 2021. 20, um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, Bertuzzi, the, the decision to trade him is going to be based on, uh, you know, how quickly you think your prospects are, you know, moving along and, and what you think your timeline for contention is. And if you're going to be able to take advantage of his prime years while you're paying him prime money, and if you're not, then in, in that situation, you may want to consider dealing him so you don't end up paying kind of for out of prime years. And so, you know, I think right now Bertuzzi's kind of pedigree, if you will, or kind of what he's got going for him. I mean, I think a, a first round pick would probably be something that you want to try and obtain. If not, you know, if you get uh, multiple seconds and potentially a prospect in there, I think that's reasonable. Um, you know, I think you're looking probably for at least one of those two offers, uh, particularly if you're going to go after a first round pick, I think you'd want to target a team that maybe thinks more of themselves than what they actually are. And, you know, pull off a scenario like Ottawa was able to do with San Jose where, you know, San Jose thought they were going to be a playoff team and they ended up, you know, in the bottom of the league and, and Ottawa ends up with two top five picks. And so that's kind of, if you're Detroit, you want to target teams like that, that you think you could take advantage of. I mean, I think one team that I've pointed out a lot is the New York Islanders. I think they're a team ripe uh, to fall apart at some point uh, from their age. They've been held up by goaltending, uh, you know, right now they're in an absolute mess with their salary cap. I think they're a team you could certainly take advantage of. Vancouver's another team I think you could take advantage of. So uh, there's a handful of teams out there that, you know, if they're willing to part with their first rounder uh, for Tyler Bertuzzi, then potentially uh, uh, that's the move you want to make. And I know um, yourself and, and Max actually got into this conversation on the, the Wings for Breakfast podcast. Um, do, you, do you think... There, there's something there's I guess in the world of like social media and with all this information being out there um you know you made a you made a great case when you were you were talking about this subject matter uh, on your show uh to just sort of like play the game right uh to let's just explore like what what would happen if it if it were the case if Tyler Bertuzzi was on everybody's uh, lips come trade deadline time, like, what do you want to do? I think, I think ultimately when you look at Tyler right now, we didn't just sign him because we want to get rid of him. We signed him because we want to make sure that we get to make the decision, or I should say the Red Wings get to make the decision. But long story short here, let me jump into the question. Do you think, do you think that social media has turned into this, um, or it's just the games to be played when it comes to just sort of like mapping out what's potential or what's possible for an NHL franchise uh, sort of gets muddied because there's there's too much information and people are always trying to play that one upsmanship and trying to prove themselves. So we lose we lose some of the fun, I think. Uh, like I mentioned, a lot of the comments we got, even though we painted a, a situation of, uh, you know, this is it. This is Tyler's being traded. What do you what what can you take or what what would you be willing to accept? Um, 
that wasn't on anybody's mind. You had to cut that off. Um, so I, I don't. I, I I guess some of it might be some uh, right, some sour grapes on my part, where I just want to have fun and play a game. But do you do you think there's there's that element like we just want to have fun, and maybe it's 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 getting to that point where it's harder and harder to have fun on social media when it comes to like sports and and maybe just uh, I don't know. We could just say it's social media in general. Things are less fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the challenge is, you know, in the era of social media, there's, there's, you're not given a lot of characters, right? I mean, Twitter, you're limited to what, 280 uh, words, whatever it is. So, you know, to, to lay out a case as to why someone should do something uh, or why this situation should be considered is a little bit tougher to do. I mean, you know, if I tweeted out, you know, okay, the Red Wings are going to trade Tyler Bertuzzi, I'd get a similar backlash to probably what you received. And so that's why, you know, I use my avenue of the podcast where I can lay out, you know, as a general manager, you have to be thinking about all of these specifics, right? You have to give, right. you know, you have to give thought to what, it, you know, is there a time that I trade Dylan Larkin? Is there a time that I trade Anthony Mantha? Is there a time I trade Tyler Bertuzzi? Because the the reality is those are not implausible scenarios to consider when you look at them being, you know, 24, 25, 26, and we think that a player's, you know, mostly going to be in their prime up until the age of 30. Do you think Detroit competes for a Stanley Cup before they are 30? Um, and that's a question you have to answer. And you have a lot less information to be able to answer that. Um, so you're kind of hypothetically projecting. And again, a lot of it's dependent on the performance of those prospects. But if your answer to that is no, Detroit is not consistently contending before 30, then you're better off dealing those guys and getting picks and such to bring in a younger core and kind of now you're shifting the core to your, you know, Philip Zadina, Lucas Raymond, more at cider core. Uh, and, and you're moving away from the, the, the Larkin, Mantha and Bertuzzi core. And that's not to say that, you know, one core should drive all of that. Uh, you know, you look at the Dallas stars, they were able to, you know, shift the primary responsibility down to their younger core while still having guys like Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, you know, play a huge part in their success. Um, but, you know, they had a lot of other, you know, talent with Miro Heiskanen, with your John Klingbergs and those guys being able to to drive a lot of production. You know, Rupe Hintz, uh, they had a lot of pieces there that are on the younger side that were able to really carry the star. So you can certainly straddle the two cores, but it's just kind of balancing what's the right time and, you know, when to make those moves. And it's absolutely stuff you have to consider. It's just hard to lay out on social media when you're limited to characters, you don't right. and to, to the tone of the argument. And so, you know, that's definitely something that I've experienced and I just have kind of stopped trying to make those arguments on Twitter. <laughs> use the, the podcast as a uh, opportunity to explain. Right. I mean, that's, that's where the Woodford double O comes in for me. If I'm going to go out there and make a claim like that, uh, I'm, I'm taking two fingers and <laughs> going neat. So, I can, I, I, so I'm brave enough to hit send. All right, uh, we'll jump in here with Bobby Ryan because I know uh, I asked I asked for 15 minutes and we're on 20 now. So uh, by Bobby Ryan's own, and this is our be the GM for this week. By Bobby Ryan's own account, uh, Eiserman has promised to put him in a better situation should a trade arise. So now this isn't just uh, you know what can we get back for Bobby Ryan. This is sort of again we're gamifying this this whole situation. Uh, so a bubble team with a very juicy offer needs help but it's likely they don't have a deep playoff run. So this is more or less like from the human side, what are we doing? 
Uh, are we going to ask Bobby Ryan? Uh, can you know is this is this the right situation for you? And potentially lose the trade? Are we going to just send him packing? Should we inquire about an alternative? We have another old right-handed forward, <laughs> or aging, I should say, not old. Or uh, uh, number four, which was leading the way in votes. So I'm pretty sad it's not anymore. Number four was call Ken Holland sobbing. Uh, so I, if you want to grab on that one, um, <laughs> feel feel free. But uh, obviously, yeah, those first three options are, are probably the where you want to you want to dip your toe. Yeah, I, I think Bobby Ryan's going to be a really interesting case. I think he is certainly looking for an opportunity where he can play a big part um, on a team. You know, he knows coming to Detroit that he's going to get a top six role. He's going to get a lot of power play minutes. It was probably a situation unlike a lot of other teams. I think he wanted to be sure that this was a team that hadn't really lost the desire to compete, you know, hence him calling Dylan Larkin and kind of asking you know, what was the mood like in the locker room. So I really think, you know, he is out to prove himself that he can still play. He's 33. He's a guy who was immensely talented. I mean, still is immensely talented, uh, still a productive player. Um, And so if he's able to regain some of the heights, you know, even from three or four years ago and, you know, hey, he hits the trade deadline at 22 goals and and 40 points on this Wings team, he's going to field a lot of offers. And I think, you know, from a Red Wings standpoint, uh, obviously you want to take the best offer possible. You know, from an analytics standpoint, you know, you're going to shop for the best offer. But, you know, I do think from a human side that Bobby Ryan should play a significant part in this. This is a guy who's done a tremendous job to turn his life around, get back on track. And he came to Detroit on a discount deal. He's going to impart a lot of valuable leadership and qualities on some of these younger players that are going to get to play with them. And uh, you know, so I think if you're Detroit, you take the best offer that works for Bobby, um, you know, and, and you may not get the absolute perfect deal, but, you know, hindsight's kind of 2020, you know, all of us looked at the Andreas Athanasiu deal right. and thought you didn't get enough for Athanasiu. Well, it turns out Edmonton got 10 games for two second round picks and you're like, <laughs> okay, that worked out great. And you ended up driving right. or Niederbach. And so, you know, you look at that and you go, huh, that worked out a lot better than I thought it was going to. And so I'm not saying that the exact same situation is going to happen here, but I think, you know, you target the team that kind of works in both situations. And I think both sides would be very understanding of that. And, and, and you let Bobby kind of get his career back on track and finish it the way he wants to. I think him using Detroit as a stepping stone is great. And if Detroit can get something extra out of it, even better. Yeah, uh, ultimately, this is going to go with our live feed tomorrow. So that's when the poll ends. But uh, Wings fans, you should be very disappointed in yourself right now. I mean, we have 55% say send them packing. We're 0% say get Bobby Ryan involved in the conversation. We have absolute monsters (laughs) replying to this poll. Uh, So uh, not only from my perspective, but also Red Red Wings fans from Prashant's perspective, You've done a terrible job voting on this poll. Um, do you, can I, I, I want to I let you go, but I, I want to get one last question in about Bobby Ryan. Um, if that's, if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, do you think there's a situation where Bobby Ryan sticks around besides like injury getting involved or like poor production? I, you know, I think he could, I think you sort of have to see how the, the year plays out. I mean, he's a, he's a heck of a player. And if he finds, kind of a comfort level here in Detroit and, and ultimately decides that he'd rather continue, uh, you know, playing with the wings and playing in this bigger role and maybe, 
you know, racking up some stats. I think it ultimately depends on what his priorities are. You know, if his priority is to find a way to be on a Stanley Cup contending team, well, then that's probably not going to be Detroit in the, in the rest of his career. If his priority is kind of to, to find a team that uh, offers him the role that he wants to play and offers him the opportunity and it's a nice environment and it's a competitive team, then, yeah, I think Detroit could absolutely be that. But I think from Detroit's side, they would need to be a little careful in that uh, they don't end up spending too much money or term on him. You know, if he has a good year, you know, he is going to be 34 at the end of the year. And you don't want to be handing out a three- or four-year deal to a guy that's 34 there. You want to make sure that, again, you know, if he's willing to take a one-year deal or uh, at a low average annual value or a two-year deal, uh, that's probably the most I would do. But I think Detroit has to be a little bit careful because, again, in – in 2021, you know, in the off season, they're going to have a lot of holes that they're going to have to fill. They're going to have to deal with Bertuzzi's arbitration again. Um, you know, you're going to have to make decisions on what you're going to do with Luke Glendening. Uh, almost the entire defense is turning around. You're going to have to add a goalie. So a lot of uh, decisions to make. And if the contract doesn't really work out mutually, then, you know, he may not stick around. But uh, I, I wouldn't rule it out if he decides he'd rather the most important priority for him is to be on a competitive team with a big role. Yeah. I think too, there's that family perspective that we always forget. And uh, if we give his kids enough pizza, I think uh, <laughs> he'll, he'll be, yeah, he'll, we'll be gussing him up. We'll be uh, shining that uh, real ice and it'll look, it'll look better. Uh, well, I, again, thank you so much. I, uh, I did hold you longer than I said I would. Um, but um I hope uh, everybody enjoyed uh, getting, I mean, to, honestly, again, huge fans, top-notch opinions, uh, in my opinion, uh, are always coming from you. And facts uh, <laughs> coming along with the data that you, uh, the models that you build yourself. Um, I mentioned everything at the top of the show. I don't know if there's anything else uh, you wanted to plug in regards to uh, your work or make sure people were checking out. No, I mean, that's really it. You kind of hit everything. Uh, nowadays, I don't get to write as much as I used to, but, you know, you can still see all the comments there on Twitter, and that's usually where I'll just kind of leave what I'm thinking about. What uh, what are you up to right now? What what does what does Prashant do during COVID? Uh, works at the hospital, so, you know. Oh, all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> So. All right, so check out Prashant's Hospital. Just kidding. Uh, we want to do the opposite, right? Good gravy. Uh, my my wife is a doctor, so I just feel so stupid right now that I just said the exact opposite game we're trying to play right now is keep people away. Um, all right, well, that's a great note to end it on. So <laughs> thanks again for coming on. And uh, thank you for, uh, 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 I guess, from that frontline perspective. Uh, like I mentioned, my, my wife's uh, a doctor as well, so it's, it's something that... Uh, I've seen the tired eyes. Uh, I see them every morning. Um, I just, she's on call this weekend. So I just got to hear her dealing with some phone calls. So I know how incredibly difficult, uh, especially you being, um, geez, you were, you're in infectious disease, correct? If I, no, if I'm I pretty out, out. yeah, actually, so. Oh, okay. Uh, that must be an old uh, uh, bio or something. Uh, so I apologize for there, but uh, for that there, but uh, any, anybody that is, doing this work including yourself i mean it is really taking a toll so everybody uh don't forget to give prashant more uh, likes and retweets and be uh uh extra nice on social media because it it really is draining uh, as i see it day to day in my wife so thank you uh for for still plugging away uh 
I can't imagine, uh, even though I get to see my wife, I still can't imagine how she feels. I can't imagine how draining this is on you. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank your wife. You know, she's doing a lot of good work. All right. And uh, on that, uh, I'll let you go. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you for everybody for tuning in. And uh, we hope to see you subscribe. That's right. That's what I wanted to say. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to Brothers of Discussion <laughs> and uh, find us at BOD Hockey and find us on Facebook as uh, Red Wings Rant. And uh, follow along and continue uh, supporting the show. And we do have some, some big guests coming. And, uh, oh, shoot, check out uh, BODpodcast.com. Jesse's got his weekly coverage of what we're doing on uh, Be the GM. Yeah. Last week he did the Tyler Bertuzzi blog. This week, uh, I, it's my fault. Um, Matt's been busy. We talked about it on the wrestling podcast, why Matt's busy. Uh, but his blog will be going up. If you're listening to this on Monday, it's already up. If you're listening to this live, it'll be going up in a few minutes. Um, and uh, you want to check out all his thoughts on Bobby Ryan. All right, everybody. Let's do it. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one.